we're supposed to consider. So those are two things we're supposed to consider. The goodness and the severity of God. Now, today I want to consider His goodness. I want to look at His goodness today. But you need to consider them both. And the reason is, if you just consider the goodness of God, and that's all you consider, you'll lose your fear of God. And the Bible says we're supposed to fear the Lord. And if all you do is consider His goodness, you will eventually lose a fear of God. Now, if all you do is consider His severity, then eventually what will happen is you will develop an unhealthy fear of God. An unhealthy fear of God. If all you do is consider his severity. And so we should fear God, but we shouldn't have an unhealthy fear of God. That's why you need to balance these two. And I think I've done a good job of that over the many years of of balancing the goodness and the severity. Um, If you're going to preach one over the other, you probably ought to preach and consider the goodness over the severity because the Bible says that God's goodness or his mercy endures forever and his anger is but for a moment. So, but I don't want to have any part of that moment, do you? Um, so, So let's consider his goodness. I'm going to read several verses. I'm going to read these fairly quickly. They'll be on the screen. You can mark them down, look them up later. But in Psalms 34, verse 8, Psalms 34, verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalms 107, verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures, how long? Forever. And then in Psalms 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. And His tender mercies are over all of His works. The Lord is good to all. You need to remember that. That God is even good to the bad. He's even good to the bad. Notice... Matthew 5.45, you can turn there if you like. Matthew 5.45, the Bible says, Jesus says, I'll pick up midway through that verse. He makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So you need to realize that God is good to everybody. He's good to people that love him and he's good to people that don't love him. Uh, I remember some years ago there were uh, two preachers that were on the radio. And the one preacher continuously criticized the other one. And he criticized him and criticized him and criticized him and ran him down and ran him down publicly on the radio. This went on for many years. And uh, in the process of time, the critical minister got into trouble. Now, now you've got to remember, the other guy never said anything ill or bad about the one that was critical. But in the process of time, the critical minister got into tax problems. He, he couldn't pay his taxes. And he was having a s- severe problem. He, he was in trouble. Couldn't pay his taxes. 
And uh, you know what happened? The minister that was walking in love and never was critical, he paid the other guy's taxes. That's the kind of God we serve. You can cuss him and spit on him and do all kinds of stuff. And he'll pay your taxes. He'll not only pay your taxes, he'll do better than that. The Bible says that when we were still sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. So God's good to all. God's the kind of a a God that will pay your taxes when you've been ill and mean to him. Now, you shouldn't be ill and mean to him, but that's the kind of God that he is. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. God is really good. You need to realize that. He really, 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 really is good. Uh, He's always going to be good. That's just the way that he is. Um, Look, if you would, at Matthew 7, verse 11. Jesus said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. This is Matthew 7, 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? See, God gives good things to people. He's a good God. He's not putting sickness and disease on people. He's, he's not doing evil things to people. He's not doing mean things to people. He's a good God. You need to remember that about him. Notice James 1 verse 17 says much the same thing. James 1 verse 17, the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Something that we can always know about God is that he's always going to be good. Now, notice if you would at Acts 10.38, Acts 10.38, Jesus, you know, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh. If you want to know the will of the Father, what did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The ministry of Jesus is the will of God for all men, for all time. Notice in Acts 10.38 how God, that's the Father, Anointed Jesus of Nazareth, that's the Son of God, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing what? Good and healing. See? Good. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. You need to remember the devil is the evil one. He's he's the one causing the problems, not God. God is a good God. Uh, people have asked me over the years, you know, if God's so good, why does there's so much evil in the world? And the answer is very simple, is that God turned, let me show you how good God is. God turned the earth over to Adam, is that correct? And then Adam sold us all out to the devil, is that correct? And that's where, where the devil got in. And if you want to know why there's so much evil in the world and, and so many things that aren't good, it's not because of God. It's because the devil got in. Is that correct? And man let him in. And uh, God gave man a free will. And God did that because God is a good God. And then what God did is he sent Jesus to die on the cross and and through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus got back everything that Adam 
lost. Is that correct? And God is so good that he gets the keys of hell and of death. He gets all that authority that Adam lost. He got it back. Jesus got it back. And then after he was raised from the dead, he turns the authority back over to man and says, serve me if you want to. Isn't that, isn't that something that a good God does? See, God will never make you worship him. Now, the devil will try to get you to worship him, but God will never do that. He's a good God. He wants you to serve him because you love him and because you want to, not because you have to. Don't you enjoy doing things because, because you want to, because you get to, not because you have to? And that's the kind of God that God is. He, he wants you serving him, not because you have to, but because you want to. Anyway, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing what? Doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Notice Romans 8:28. Let's look this one up in the NIV. It'll be on the screen in the NIV. Romans 8 and 28. This is a good scripture to look at when, some, when things go wrong in your life. Have you ever had something go wrong in your life? Anybody in here besides me? Something happened, you don't understand why it happened, or, you know, you're scratching your head wondering why did that bad thing happen, or what, what are we going to do, what am I going to do, what's going to happen? This is a good scripture to look at, Romans 8, 28, I'll read it in the NIV. And we know that in all things, now not for all things, but in all things, in all things, God works for the what? For the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You need to realize that, that when something bad happens, God, don't blame God. How many of you know he's not at fault? Is he? No. See, if you get to thinking he's at fault, you're, you're going down the wrong trail. You're going down the wrong path. Okay? Something, when something goes wrong... This is, we live in this world. This world, it's a fallen world. You understand that? And things are going to... Unsavory things happen to everybody. You understand that? Happens to me, happens to everybody. And anybody that tells you otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. Unsavory things happen. It's because we live in this world. But we need to know this, that when those things happen, God is looking to work something good out of that situation for you. Now, don't ever forget that, that God is looking to work something good out of that situation. He's looking to work something good out of it. Don't ever forget that about God. That's just the way He is. When bad things happen, know that God is looking to work something good out of it for you. Will you do that? Will you do that? If you if you get a hold of that verse, this verse has helped me so much over the years because it's real easy when things go wrong and, well, why did that happen? Why did this happen? Why did that person treat me this way? Why did that person do this to me? Why didn't this happen? You know, it's real easy to start thinking, well, God's behind it all and, and, he's, and he's trying to, you know, look, God is trying to work something good out of a situation for you. You need to realize that. You better get a hold of that verse or you'll wind up getting a sour attitude towards the Lord. I know I've done that over the years and that's not a good place to be. And you've got to work yourself back out of that if you get into that. 
thinking sour. Has anybody ever thought sour about the Lord besides me? I hate to admit it, but you know, why did this happen? Why did you let that happen? But if you'll think this and know the truth of the matter, that God is trying to work something good for you. If you'll remember that, it'll help you. Will you do that? Okay. Now then look at Second uh, Timothy 2, verse 12. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Has, ha, how many of you, if you're being totally honest, you would agree that God's been good to you? Okay. He's been good to me. You know, I, I thought the other day, I'm 52 and a half years old. And there's not been one time in my life where I ever wondered where the next meal was coming from. You know, there's a lot of people can't say that. I've always had my needs met, abundantly met. I've always had everything I've needed. I've always had food, clothing, shelter, vehicle. I'll always had every. you know, you know, that's that's wonderful. Much to be thankful for. I can see, I can hear, I can move around, not in any pain. Isn't that wonderful? But you know, even having all of that, there's been times where I haven't been faithful to God as I should. Can anybody say that in here besides me? Where even after God's been so good to you, you haven't been as faithful to Him as you should. But here's something that you need to know about God. This is this is really this is really Remember I told you that story a while ago about the minister that paid the other guy's taxes and how God would do that for you? Well, you need to realize that even when we're not good to God, he's always good to us. And this scripture here bring it out, 2 Timothy 2 verse 12 says if we endure hardship we'll reign with him, if we deny him he'll deny us. Now that's that's of course True. Can't get away from that. If we deny him, he'll deny us. You can't get away from that. But now, I don't deny him. I acknowledge him. How many in here acknowledge Jesus as Lord? Okay, so I acknowledge him. So it's not a question of, of salvation here. But look at verse 13. If we are unfaithful, has anybody ever been unfaithful to God besides me? Even if we are unfaithful, what does that next, what does it say? He remains what? Faithful. So even if we're unfaithful, he remains what? Faithful. Isn't that good? Isn't he good? You know why that is? Because he never changes. He's always good. There's a saying that we used to say years ago. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. God is good. All the time, all the time, God is good. That's a good motto to have, isn't it? Let's just say that God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. That's a good thing to write in your Bible and, or write in a flyleaf of your Bible and say that and meditate that. He's, he, he remains faithful. He cannot deny who he is. See, he is a faithful God. That's just who he is. He's faithful. He's good. He's just. He's righteous. He's merciful. He's just wonderful, isn't he? And then in, let's go to Psalms 86 verse 5. See, what are we doing here today? We're considering the goodness of God. 
Notice in Psalms 86 verse 5. For you, Lord, are good. Say, there it is again. You're good. The Lord is good. And ready to what? Ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon upon you, upon him. See, the Lord is good and ready to forgive. Now, don't ever forget this about the Lord. He's so good that he's always ready to forgive. Remember the story of the prodigal son, how that young boy went away from his father's house. Remember that and got into the pig pen and all of that. But when he repented and turned back to the father's house, remember the father was looking for him to return and was ready to forgive him and threw a party for him. Is that correct? But, you know, in this message here, I was thinking about this king in the Old Testament. Uh, his name was Manasseh, King Manasseh. How many remembers King Hezekiah? Do you remember him? And he was sick. He was close to death. And remember, Isaiah came in and at the direction of the Lord and said, set your house in order. You're going to die. And, and remember, I, uh, Hezekiah repented and God gave him 15 more years. How many remembers that? Remember that? In that 15 years and and. and That's another story of the goodness of God, how a man was going to die, but he repented and God was so good, he he let him live 15 more years. During that 15 years, Hezekiah had a son and his name was Manasseh. And uh, actually, he, he was the 14th king of Judah, Manasseh, son of Hezekiah. And Manasseh reigned longer than any other of the kings, 55 years. And he was the most wicked king in all of the Old Testament. The most wicked, worse than, than uh, Ahab. Remember Ahab and Jezebel and, and, and there's some real wicked kings. There were some real good kings. But Manasseh was the most evil of them all. He was, he was just evil. The Bible said he did evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm just going to kind of summarize the story. We could look up all the scriptures. I'd encourage you to go read about his life sometime in the Old Testament. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And he rebuilt. Now listen to some of the things that this guy did. If you think God could never forgive you, just just think about this. He rebuilt illicit sexual shrines which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. He raised up altars, this Manasseh raised up altars to false gods and made wooden idols and he worshipped and served cosmic powers. He followed and was led by astrology and horoscopes. He set an illicit sexual carved image in the house of God. I'll put it away that maybe you could understand it better. What would you think if I started having them shoot pornography up there on the? That'd be pretty evil, wouldn't it? I mean, when we talk about a a listed carved image of people sometimes can't grasp it. So that what if we shot pornography up there and just started playing pornography? That's what this guy did. Okay, pretty, pretty bad. What would you think if I came in here and start reading horoscopes and astrology and brought in the crystal ball and the tarot cards and the, see that's what this guy did similar things 
He had altars built to, to false gods. Right in the house of God. And if that's not bad enough, he burned his sons to death in sacrificial offerings to pagan gods. Did you, did you hear what I just said? He, he burned his sons to death in sacrifice. He'd lay, lay his babies and male children up on the, on the, on the altar and burn them. He practiced witchcraft and sorcery. He consulted mediums. And he caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than all of the pagan nations. Manasseh shed much innocent blood. He was an indiscriminate murderer and cold-blooded killer. Tradition says that Manasseh gave the command to have the prophet Isaiah. Has anybody ever heard of the prophet Isaiah? Placed inside a hollow log and with Isaiah in there, he had the hollow log sawed in half. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke the Lord to anger. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh to try to get him to change. But Manasseh would not listen. We're talking about the goodness of God here. Most evil king in the old in in the, in the Bible. Now it's interesting. The Bible said, "Consider the goodness and the." Now you know one thing I've learned about the Lord is even in His severity, you can see His goodness. Even in His judgment, you can see His goodness. And the Lord dealt with Manasseh. And, and spoke to him, but Manasseh wouldn't listen. And like my mother used to always tell me, she said, if you don't listen, you're going to have to feel. Now you think about that sometime. And Manasseh wouldn't listen, so God brought the Assyrian army. Now watch the goodness of God in this judgment. God spoke to Manasseh. He wouldn't listen. So then the Lord brought the Assyrian army upon Manasseh. And took him captive and the Assyrian army, what they would do, and the Bible brings it out, they would take hook nose, like hooks, you know, like nose hooks, and they'd put the hooks in the nose, like a ring in the nose, and then they'd put a chain on the, on the ring or whatever, and they'd, and they'd carry, they'd lead people around by the nose. That's what the Assyrian army did. They, and the Lord allowed the Assyrian army to come in on Manasseh and his his soldiers, and they captured Manasseh, and they put a nose hook in him, and they took him with chains and carried him off to the Babylon prison. Now, you and I might say, he had it coming. Glad he got what he had coming. You know, we're real quick to say that about other people, but when we do wrong, we don't want we don't want that to happen to us. Anybody in here, would you admit that, you know, you're real quick to judge other people, maybe quicker than you are yourself? Yeah, Manessa did some bad things. And we're looking at it, well, he finally got his, what he deserved. God is always good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. 
And God isn't looking to destroy Manasseh. He's looking to help him. You mean even after he did all those evil things? Even after he did all those evil things. I'm so glad God is the way he is. Yeah, but Manasseh had that coming. He should be, you know, he should be just thrown in the dungeon and he should be left there to rot. That's not the way God looks at things. And we shouldn't look at things that way either. Yeah, but he had it, he had that coming. God is looking to help the man. That's how we need to be. You know, I've watched this over the many years when a minister is is caught in a sin or he misses it some way. The Bible says we who are spiritual ought to look for a way to restore that individual. But what I've observed over the many years is that when, when, when a minister misses it or when anybody misses it in the church... I'm not talking just about this church. I think we have a pretty loving church here. But I've watched this over the many years in, in other churches. And even in, in, at times in this one over the many years. Not, not recently. But somebody misses it. And instead of gathering around that person to try to lift them up. We're looking for ways to kick them out. Dear friends, that's not the word of God. That's not flowing with the Holy Spirit. We ought to be looking for ways to help people and restore them. Can you say Amen. Are you okay? Are you out there? Are you going home? How many of you want to be dealt with harshly when you miss it? Or would you like us to deal with you mercifully? Mercifully. And so this man winds up with a nose hook in the Babylonian prison. And God did that to him. God judged him. God spoke to him. He wouldn't listen, and if you don't listen, you're going to eventually have to what? Feel. And so God judged him. He brought the Assyrian army in on Manasseh. And Manasseh is in that Babylonian prison and in great affliction. And the Bible says in that great affliction, Manasseh went to his knees before God in prayer and total repentance And humbled himself greatly before God. He really repented. And he found that God is good all the time. And all the time God is good. And that God is ready to forgive and abundant in mercy. And you know what? The Bible said that God received his prayer. And brought him back to Jerusalem. And restored him to his kingdom And Manasseh went in there and he did away with all those evil things that he permitted in the house of God. He went in there and had all of them thrown out and done away with. And he brought holiness back into the house of God. Now, isn't that wonderful? I don't know about you, but that does something to my heart. When you really see God's heart towards somebody that is so evil as Manasseh, God wasn't looking for a way to destroy him. God was looking for a way to restore him. Now, Manasseh could have been stubborn. And had he been stubborn, he could have died right there in that prison and more than likely went to hell. But God didn't uh, want that for him. God wanted him to repent. And so God worked things. What, What happens? God will try to work things for our good. And even in that judgment, God tried to work and did work towards this man's good. 
don't know about you, but I just fall in love with the Lord when I think about that. How good he was to this, to this person. Somebody said, well, God never do that for me. Oh, yeah, he already did. He sent Jesus to the cross. Because you and I both deserve hell. But, 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 but God didn't want it to be that way. So he sent Jesus to the cross. And then he gives us the free choice as to whether or not we're going to receive Jesus or not. Isn't that wonderful? And Manasseh was restored. And he, but you see, he really repented. He really repented. And when he really repented, then God restored him. And he went back and he removed all the evil stuff. And he lived for God the rest of his life. And the Bible said he died. I'm just so glad he repented before he died. Romans 2.4. Let's begin to close this message. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering... Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to what? The goodness of God does what? Leads you to repentance. Let's look at the first part of that again. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? You know, I didn't intend to say this, but I think I will. Somebody... You know, we'll ask and say, well, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Why hasn't he come back? Why hasn't he come back yet? Now, how many of you know he is coming? But, you know, really, it's the goodness of God that, that, that postpones his coming. Did you know that? Is, I can give you a scripture on it. Because, you see, it's the long-suffering and the goodness and the patience of God that postpones his coming because God's not willing that any should perish. And so... I'll put it this way. Uh, I'm real slow to deal with things when, when, when I need to correct something or whatever, you know, some, some, some issue or whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm slow to do that because I just, I don't want to, I'm just real slow to have to correct anybody. I probably wouldn't make a real good boss, you know, because I'm real slow in correcting people. Well, we just, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. Or we'll do it the next day. Now, that's not always good when you're running a business or something. I understand that. But, you know, I understand how God looks at things. A lot of times God is preached that, you know... Have you ever seen a preacher preaching and like fires coming out of his nose and, you know, and sometimes that the Holy Ghost will come on me and I'll preach that way because, you know, the Bible says that that some people won't be one with the goodness of God, that you have to hold hell up in front of them. You understand the Bible does say that, too. That's why there's a time you do have to consider his severity. But we need to consider his goodness, I think, more so even. But I'm real slow to let's say you know, we'll deal with it tomorrow. Well, I think that God, the way we need to look at him, according to his word, is he's slow to judge. He's real slow. Now, don't take advantage of that. You understand what I mean? Don't, don't, in other words, you know what I mean by that? I mean, repent, judge yourself today. Don't, 
but, but God is slow to anger. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's real slow to, he doesn't want to judge you. He doesn't want to judge me. He, the Bible says that, actually, says if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. God, we gotta, see, he, his, oh, he's a, you know, meanie and wants to judge us. That's not God at all. When God has no other way to go, then what will he do? He'll judge us. But he wants us to judge ourselves. He's slow to anger. He's real slow. Real slow. Do you understand that? Much like myself, well, we'll deal with it tomorrow. Maybe, maybe the person will see the error their way and they'll correct it and then I won't have to. That's much the way God is. He's slow to anger. He's slow to judge people. He wants people to see it for themselves and judge themselves so he doesn't have to. Isn't God good? Now, if we don't judge ourselves, eventually he will judge us. And did you know God never does come in as step one and slap us upside the head? You know how he begins to deal with us first is just on the inside. You know it as well as I do. How many's ever sinned and missed it? And you know right away on the inside you've done wrong. And that's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit on the inside. Ugh. And then if we won't listen to that, then the next thing is the Word of God. He'll begin to deal with us with the Word. And then if we don't listen to that, if we're not even reading the Bible as we should, then the next thing, the, the preacher will start stepping on your toes. Now when the preacher, who would be me in this case, starts stepping on your toes, don't get angry at that. You need to thank God for that. That's a form of his goodness. I've already had people get mad over the years. Well, you're stepping on my toes. Now, it'd be different if I called you out publicly and said something to embarrass you. But I'm just mean talk, I mean talking to you generally like this, where nobody'd ever know I was talking at you, uh, to you. People have gotten angry with me over the years because you're stepping on my toes. And they didn't, they didn't understand it's the goodness of God. God had me up here and I didn't even know I was stepping on their toes. But God had me up here on something, you know. Stepping on their toe. And it's the goodness of God. Say it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God because He loves you. He wants you to see it and repent. But if you won't judge yourself, eventually he'll, he'll, he, he will. He did Manasseh. Took years, but He did. And finally, Manasseh's in the prison there. I could give you other examples. How many of you ever heard of Samson? And, and God, Samson got off track and God dealt with him and dealt with him and dealt with him and dealt with him and Samson wouldn't listen. So the next thing you know, the Philistines come in, put out his eyes and he's grinding at the prison. In the prison. Is that right? Grinding in the mill. Is that right? But that was, you could see God's goodness there. And, and eventually at the end, Samson did what? He repented, didn't he? So, you need to realize that about God. So, look here at Romans 2, 4 again. Don't despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. See, what I meant to say a while ago is, is the reason the Lord hasn't come back yet is he's, he's long-suffering and he's not willing that anybody should perish. And I believe he's pushing his coming back, and I can give you scripture for it, because he's wanting more people to repent and be, get saved and get in. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe some more people will repent today. We'll push it off till tomorrow. But there is a day when he's going to come. Not knowing that what is it that leads people to repentance? The goodness of God. 
And I've, I've learned this over the years that some people won't repent at the goodness of God. It takes the, 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 the hell and the fire and the brimstone, and that is in the Bible. And we preach that around here. We consider that around here. But we also need to consider the goodness of God because I, I, I've seen this, that more people will come to Christ by preaching the goodness of God than the severity of God. And the old saying is true, you'll catch more flies with honey than you will with vinegar. Say this, say, the goodness of God will lead one to repentance. And I found this not only with sinners, you hold the goodness of God. And then, by the way, the gospel, what does the gospel mean, though? The bad news or the good news? The good news. So you preach the gospel, that's the good news. The good news that Jesus suffered our punishment for us, so we don't have to. So... He took on, he, he suffered so that we can go to heaven. You see, that's the good news. But I've also noticed that the goodness of God will cause Christians who have gotten messed up in things that they shouldn't, if you hold that goodness of God up before them. Now, some people will take advantage of the goodness of God. Say, well, God's so good, he's never going to judge me. And, but you see, that person has only considered the goodness. There is the severity. But if you hold goodness up in front of people and the goodness of God, I mean, there's been times where I've, I've, I've been angry with the Lord. I've said some things I shouldn't have said. You know, uh, my words have been stout against him at times. And then you get in there and you get to looking at how good he is and how wonderful he is. And you just start weeping and crying. I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to say that. I did. Has anybody ever been there besides me? And it wasn't the severity of God that got to my heart. It was that he's so good that even when I was unfaithful to him, he was still there faithful. Isn't that wonderful? Well, there's much more we could say. Did you get anything out of this? Hey, let's, let's, let's look up one more scripture. In fact, you don't have to turn there. They'll throw it up on the screen. You can mark it, look it up later. If you want to turn there, you can. But it's in Nahum 1 verse 7. And I just, it just seemed good to the Spirit of God that we close with this one today. It's in the Old Testament, Nahum 1 verse 7. I'm not having you look it up because I don't want to take 10 minutes for you all to find it. No, I'm teasing with you. One of the Old Testament prophets. It's in the Bible. You can look it up later. Or now if you want. But it says what? The Lord is. The Lord is what? Is good. A stronghold in the day of. Trouble and he knows those who trust in him. Let's leave that up there for just a moment, please. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. A stronghold in the day of trouble. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. You know, I just feel impressed to say this. You know, this nation is in trouble. And uh, I will not get political here, but I will say this, that I just, I don't feel good about the way I see things going on television with some of these debates and some of these rallies and things. I don't feel good about it. That's all I'm going to say. I just don't feel good about it. Did I speak ill of anybody? I just, I just don't feel good about it. 
I don't feel good about the tone. But that having been said, and I'm doing this for a reason, I want you to hold on to this verse right here. That the Lord is good and in a day of trouble, He is a what? So no matter what happens as we move forward in time in this nation, let us remember the Lord is good and in a day of trouble, He's a stronghold. Let's, let's keep our grip on the Lord. What do you say? Is that okay? Let's, let, let, let's stay sweet. Let's walk in love and let's, uh, uh, let's just remember that the Lord is good and He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. Stand with me if you would. Well, Heavenly Father, we've preached a very simple message here today. And we've considered your goodness. We've considered your mercy. And I just trust that these words will sink down into the hearts of all of us. And that we'll always remember that you are good all of the time. And all of the time that you are good. That we'll remember when things don't go As we would wish that they would. That you're behind the scenes working all things and trying to work all things to our best and our good. We're thankful that that when we're unfaithful that you remain faithful. And in this day of trouble that we're in. In this nation we'll always look to you. For you are our stronghold and you are good. We thank you for it. Jesus name. Hey, there's some goodies out there. Go out and fellowship with one another and love on one another a little bit. You're dismissed. God bless you.